Welcome to the Super Senpai Podcast. This is a bi-weekly, episodic, tokusatsu-related podcast where we're talking about fights and tights. I'm Pat. And I'm Grant. And uh, we're back together again. Uh, the two hermanos looking to uh, review some Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger, which is what we usually do. Yep, yep. But before we get into that, uh, Pat, how you doing, man? Doing good. Uh, just... Uh... Had had a bit of fun this past week. What? Where? Where did you go to have a bit of fun? Did you go to like the mall or the beach or something? What did you? What did you pick? Oh no, sir! I just came back from Anime Expo 2018. <laughs> wow! So <laughs> you you braved the crowds, the the throngs of people to go to AX. How was it, man? Oh man, it was a blast. Uh, you know, we only went to a couple of panels. Um, but it was cool seeing like I feel like through this and through other things I've been following, like a lot more artists and and connecting with people through the podcast or just sort of mutuals and stuff and so getting to meet meet people and see them in real life um you know nate ming over over Crunchyroll, we went to karaoke like that was a blast like it was just <laughs> just total strangers freaking out for a little bit uh before he actually showed up and then brought like everybody that was waiting <laughs> waiting inside to just to just sing sing our hearts out that's great uh, made a couple friends there uh got to see uh, lisa wallen perform for like a 30 minute set oh that's great that was cool yeah i was i was laughing and uh ran into her a couple of times but also got to grab lunch or just you know chit chat with danny and Kay of the anime's lit podcast yeah and they were that was fun it was cool like we we just kind of like found a corner to sit down and chit chat um so shout outs to all them thanks for thanks for taking the time to come and hang out with us um and then um yeah, I have our like little crossover picture, which I think uh, Danny might have sent you. Yeah, I saw that. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny, Danny actually like tweeted it out too. Yeah, so it was cool. Um, but in terms of like you know the actual contents of of the show, um, aside from all the cool people that we saw, it was uh, we got to see the JoJo premiere. Like that was exciting. Right for part five. Yeah, it was good looking. Good looking premiere. Yeah, like totally, totally worth. Oh, before that, um, um, we actually actually tried out like doing some like real attempt at cosplay this year. Oh, who did you cosplay as? Oh, so the first uh Friday, my wife and I did uh Shinosuke and Kiriko from Carmen Rider Drive. Awesome. Um, so I finally put that um the drive driver that I got back in January to to <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to good use. Um, and that was cool. And then uh on Saturday, uh, we did. Uh, Momo and Tenya from Hero Academia in disguise. The disguises they put on. That's great. <laughs> for the rescue arc. It was, that was a, a lot of fun to do. Like I, We got like a really great, really, really great picture out of it just sort of by chance. Yeah, you sent that one to me. I really, really liked that one. That was, that was good stuff. Yeah, like, oh my gosh. Um, I, I, I keep looking at it just because it's so cool. <laughs> but <laughs> just what a stroke of luck. Uh, the girl that was dressed up as Himiko Toga uh, was... Is, um, Ku, Ku Senpai on Twitter, I think, at Ku Senpai. 
Yeah, she was totally down and she was totally game and she put she did the menacing. I just said like look menacing while we hide behind this thing and she totally like she did it. She pulled it off. It was great. That's awesome. Uh we went to two panels, I think, and the rest of it was kind of just shopping and looking around. Uh one was the JoJo panel. And so in our drive cosplay, we were standing out in the sun for like almost two hours. Like it was pretty bad. But thankfully we got in. Uh, it was very air conditioned. They handed out water bottles and we got to just like take in all the JoJo. You know, they did like trivia. The director came out and then um, they did like a cosplay contest thing where people just scream in. Um, uh, now Mutual Taj 256, 265. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, forgot your numbers, dude. <laughs> uh, but he, he he rocked he rocked kira and he had his own killer queen on the stage that's it was awesome. just i don't know if you saw the picture of that but it was really awesome no i didn't see the picture i'll have to go back and look yeah i think all of them were really good like but i just i was screaming the most for him and i'm so happy he won because it was cool <laughs> uh and then yeah we did get to see like the first episode of jojo part five and it was like it was wild <laughs> like i'm so ready for it to be october just to see the rest of this because do you are you big JoJo's head? Do you dig JoJo a lot, or are you? Neither? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm um like I remember finding like the Duong Duong scans back in like 2007. Right. And so right. I'm so happy for everything that like for it to have become as basically exploded to the point where yeah. it is now. It's really it's so crazy. I mean I mean for years at least the only way I knew it was um some of the OVAs I guess in the like middle 2000s mm-hmm. and the the dreamcast game for Star yeah. crusaders like that's all i knew it by um and for a long time i thought it was just a game until i saw those oh there's ova so i guess it must be some kind of anime or you know manga or something like that and then to see yeah. it now where it's practically a household name it is pretty wild it is awesome yeah like i remember like the very first thing i saw of it was probably that like stick figure flash <laughs> like the, you know what i'm talking about where it was like i, know I think exactly it's called like muda dot swf right mm-hmm. okay yep. good yeah <laughs> and and Man. like and it was like who are these characters like they're stick, not even the ones that are going to show up until is a, is, a, is a very particular strata of the internet isn't it like mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a mm-hmm. time when that was something i even sought out <laughs> oh yeah yeah oh, oh those were those were those were some days weren't they <laughs> <laughs> they certainly were well, good, man. That's awesome that you had such a good time. Was there any other big, like, standout moments or anything like that or exciting stuff from AX? Um, I got to see, well, I, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit more, I guess, um, in the questions because I think somebody asked a direct question about that. But, yeah, did get to see some Toku cosplay, and awesome. I think I got a few pictures of them. Not nearly enough, but that's perfect because uh, we did end up, when well, we were in line for one of the panels, uh, picking up tickets for Power Morphicon because we are like, oh, I think it's, like, one of the last days to get them online. So we will be going down for one day, at least one day of Power Morphicon. In That's awesome. End of August, like near the end of August. That's really exciting. Yeah. With the Toku. I'll be there repping Super Senpai. Yep, our, our people. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. That's really great. Good that you're doing the con scene. You're 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 a reporter in the field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm here with the running ticker tape below me and all the people in the newsroom typing on computers in the background. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, cool. Great. Um. I guess uh, in the other the other uh, news, um, I guess the other big event that's happened is that Ultraman RB has finally uh, released. It's finally dropped. Uh, the first episode has come out this past weekend. Um, uh, this is the latest Ultraman series from Super Eye Productions. They've they've been doing them pretty consistently for the past couple years. They've been um, 
25 or 26 episode seasons, so don't expect anything different, even though I haven't really been tracking a lot of the pre-release stuff. Um, now, have you watched much of the other Ultraman series and things like that? I still need to finish Jeed, and I still need to finish Orb. Okay. I still need... I have a lot to watch. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm obviously a bit more of the ultra head then, but yeah, the, the yeah. RV seems to be um, slightly different just because the top billing here is going to two Ultramen right out of the gate. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there have been... Ultraman has been crossing over and having multiple Ultraman in movies and in series stuff plenty. Uh, and Jeed last year uh, pretty much had two Ultras the whole time um, when Zero was introduced a, a little ways in. But fundamentally, it was a two Ultra show. But it, this has... The two Ultras have top billing. You know, they're, they're right there in the title cards. So uh, that'll mm-hmm. be interesting. The wrinkle to this Plus is Plus Orb, right? Orb is seems like some kind of background or mentor character like just from promo art that i've seen i don't know yeah he seems to i, I don't know see i try not to i try not to spoil i'm sorry too i'm much. sorry no it's it's fine oh, i mean no. i know like ultra just like everything else ultra's big on pulling i think ultra's probably the of of the the big three at least what i consider to be the big three it's probably the has the most continuity really between mm. seasons mm. so like that's kind of more expected um, mm-hmm. than it is with, say, Super Sentai or Kamen Rider, where it most seems to be for team-up episodes or team-up movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More or less. You know, the crossover stuff, but the Ultra tends to pull a little bit more on its lore. Not always. It's still Tokusatsu. It still assumes it's everybody's first season, but um, the big thing is that uh, for the past couple of years, pretty consistently, uh, Crunchyroll has been getting and simul-publishing the, you know, the releases as soon as it comes out with the simul-subs, but uh, we have not seen that yet. So currently, even though Super Ryan Productions put up an episode uh, on YouTube, the, the, the RAWs, right, in the, the full Japanese audio, uh, we don't have any subtitles for it, no official ones, and uh, Crunchyroll has not said anything about uh, an official release. Now, uh, last year, I recall, we had a similar sort of time situation with Jeed, in that it was right up to the wire, we had no real official word from Crunchy, and then, you know, boom, it came out. Even then, I think it was still the day of airing or the day after. It was it was within a reasonable time frame. It's been a couple days at this point, and it's still not up on Crunchyroll. Hmm. So, you know, make of that what you will, but it appears that it is not on Crunchyroll as of right now. I mean, I'm sure, it, my guess is if by the time episode two rolls out, we don't see it. That's probably the message loud and clear. But I do know that some Toku Twitter heads uh, have gotten together and have put together a fan sub of it. And that's up, and they're going to leave it up until the next episode drops. Um, so I know that's available if people are interested in that and want to go it that way. I, of course, I would personally prefer to have a legal option. And I've been yeah. pretty consistently going to Crunchyroll to, to watch my Ultraman or to Shout Factory when I watched Ultra 7. Um, so it'd be really great if we could get an official release, but it, it, it doesn't look great right now. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Time will tell. We're still... We still have some room before it actually. Yeah, just let's. Uh, we'll just hope there was some minor delay and that we'll get it soon. But it would definitely be a bit of a bummer since it seems like Toku's been on the upswing here lately. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I guess uh, we can talk a little bit about Ultraman anime and Gridman anime since we know 
I know we we saw there was a, a a short trailer they put out at AX. Now, did you get to see either? Did you get to see the Gridman trailer at AX? I did. I did not. I think um I think we used up our a lot of our energy going to the JoJo panel. So after ah. that, we're like, I think we're done with most panels for <laughs> the rest of this trip. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Um, and I I imagine it probably wouldn't have been too hard to get in because it was like near the end of the day, but still like yeah, we were pretty beat by that point. Yeah, no doubt, and that heat and everything. I, I can imagine. Um, mm-hmm. No, uh, the Gridman anime, uh, an adaptation of the old Tsuraya uh, show Gridman it, by Studio Trigger, is uh, the the trailer's up. I think it looks really good. Um, a lot of people were adding me on Twitter, mentioning that it was looking really good. I think some of them had seen either a preview episode or more preview material or something like that, and were pretty positive on it. Um, mm-hmm. And then we know that the Ultraman anime uh, is dropping in spring of 2019 now. Uh, yeah, and it's going to right. Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing there is that this is an adaptation of the Ultraman manga that's been running uh, the past. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. It's been at least a year. I don't know how long it's been running though. Oh um, gee, uh, it, I picked it up before we moved, so I think it was actually been running to since at least like 2015, okay, 2016. So, so a good long time then. Yeah, it's been for it's been running for a little while. It, okay. it was, and that was the English release, so that means it was probably running before that. Before even that, okay, yeah. So then I'm way off base with that um mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah no the this is an adaptation of that material um mm. and I, i've still yet to read it but uh a lot of people that i trust say it's really good now you say you've read some of it is it what's your take on that material i like it because uh and this is uh this is a perfect time to reveal my most shameful secret i love on the ground fights <laughs> and so mm-hmm. like uh, a basically an ultraman acting as common writer is totally my jam i just i just didn't keep up with it Mm. uh but everything that i saw i was super into because it's like a dude with ultraman powers at normal human size like come on like that's so right (laughs) that's so right up my alley yeah it's very much because he doesn't grow large it's more in the common rider vein that's for sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's it's more armored looking too so that's sort of metal heroes Mm. uh, that's true he's a rider for me so that's Lots of pluses here. Yeah, for being lore-wise related to the original Ultraman, he certainly looks much more like a uh, a Heisei Rider. I think that's a good way to put it. But mm-hmm. okay, so uh, that's all we had on the news. So what are we going to be watching tonight? Uh, so we're watching uh, episodes twenty through twenty-two of Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger. A moment that you and I have very much been waiting for. <laughs> I believe will be occurring. Uh, so I'm excited to just finally see it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, let's do this thing. この番組はダノシートキオスクリグループ、PRTとザコミックフィンドとご覧のスポンサーの提供でお送りします。And uh, we're back. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> I I I got we got we got him. We got the new one. Yeah, we got we got our uh our seventh ranger. Our our new ranger has shown up. Pretty much all three of these episodes focused on his introduction and powers and things like that. Pat, do you wanna do a quick run through on what we saw in twenty, twenty one and twenty two? Yeah. Uh so this in these episodes we were we were introduced to the new the new ranger, which is <laughs> We thought it was going to be two, but it turns out it's just one dude that can switch between silver and gold. So 
uh, that's uh, Lupin X or Patron X. And um, he can switch between cop and thief forms. Really, I feel like I don't know necessarily that there's a purpose to switching besides it looks cool or just mm-hmm. he wants to <laughs> just mess around, show solidarity or 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 juke juke them for whatever reason. Right. Um, but uh, it turns out he's the dude that's been sort of uh, modifying the weapons and then create or turning them into weapons that they could use. Mm-hmm. that the the pat rangers can use somehow he has enough clout to say that he's working for another department or another division of the gspo and um everybody all the pat rangers just kind of accept it but at the same time he knows everything about you know the lupon collection and mm-hmm. uh Kogre and good striker directly he uses uh trains as his vehicle to switch and he just <laughs> he just kind of switches between whichever one he wants at any time uh which is pretty fun to watch uh and um the his his loop on form has like a metro metro line kind of train mm-hmm. and it's more locomotive for or like steam engine for his um, correct yep pat ranger pat ranger train yeah so um we sell like elemental powers we he's able to switch switch anytime he wants and then in episode 22 we were introduced to his mecha which is i think it was like emperor x Mm-hmm. Um, which has like a top and bottom half form that he kind of just does a cartwheel and switches forms to either uh, either long range or short range. And we were introduced to a couple of things like a, a double, was it? I think they said like double states, double status. Yeah, double status, yeah. That's a gangler with two safes on them. And then he classified or identified Gosh's ability as a status gold because she has a safe that's gold instead of the normal silver. Correct. But yeah, we were introduced to the character, and he—I mean—he seems like a fun guy. I don't really—we don't really know what his angle is because it seems like he's able to either trick or manipulate the others. But he hasn't necessarily seemed like malicious yet. So it was mostly just introduction and sort of seeing what kind of a character, what kind of a person he is, which we're still honestly not that sure about yet. Right. Yeah. But kind of introducing him and and mostly bouncing him back and forth between the Pat Rangers and the Lupin Rangers, just to kind of see not only uh, obviously underscoring his personality has sort of a dual nature in a sense, uh, as well as his power set having two forms quite literally. Um, But he's a little bit playful, a little bit serious. He's, suddenly showing up and yet he's also deeply tied to Kogare and good striker and the versus changers in some ways so he's past and present he works with both teams he doesn't quite tell either of them everything he's running schemes between various things he knows more than he lets on so he's got this kind of double agent feel in addition to having two power sets which is a fun dynamic mm-hmm. given that the, the the running theme so far in the show has been the Lupin Rangers and Pat Rangers ostensibly having the same goal being on opposite sides and sort of the cat and mouse came between them now we have someone who willfully jumps back and forth between the two and has that extra layer i think in i guess it was episode was it this was it 20 either 21 or 22 umika i think it was 22 umika quite literally says oh that's right you know we as rangers the lupin rangers know that know about lupin x but we as as just the people who run the restaurant, you know, the, the cafe juror, like we aren't supposed to know, even though Noel knows that we know. So there's like, she's like, it's, this is a headache, you know, because mm-hmm. they're all leading yeah. double lives and he's leading double lives, you know, so it's all kind of wrapped up in that. Um, 
which is fun. It it, it adds intrigue. extra layer. Yeah, it adds layers of intrigue and and more confusion to the the personal the non powered side. Mm-hmm. What do you think about his design and like his power set and like what do you, do you enjoy it? Do you not like it? What's because he's probably the most uh, the most different so far because we really only have two suits up to this point how do you feel about his design i think i'm leaning towards the uh lupon x design of it i think i'm just a bigger fan of silver looking things Um, but that being said the gold form is still really cool and i i will say that while i like that it's one person switching between the two i was really expecting to see two different people show up and then like I don't know if it was going to be... I, my expectation was something weird like, okay, the Lupin Silver will show up and it's actually going to help out the Pat Rangers, but then the Pat Ranger Gold is going to show up and that one's mm. going to help out the Lupin Rangers. But um, this is still really interesting and I still like what we're seeing here. Mm-hmm. So well, overall, overall, it's a plus. I'm happy to have this and sort of mix things up at this stage. I will say that I would not turn down yet another one. <laughs> sure, yeah, I, I agree on all points. I think he's a good addition. Like we talked about, we were talking about it when we were uh, actually watching the episodes, that this happens a little bit later. You know, for those of you playing the home game, a lot of times Toku introduces uh, a new character slash toy somewhere around 16, 17, 18, just kind of as a rule, about somewhere around a third of the way through the show. So happening around episode 20 is a little bit later, but Pat, like you pointed out, they already started with a team of six, and they were two different teams to juggle. So they mm. could take a little... They probably needed a few more episodes just to kind of really get us familiar with that the core team and their dynamics internally and externally and all that kind of stuff, in addition to having some fun. Um, I think... I, I have to agree with you. I mean, I think all gold is a... It's a very gaudy look. Um, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a very gauche if you will uh, <laughs> 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 so I, I prefer the silver with the gold trim um, that being said I do like that his uniform change is not just a color swap it's not just a palette swap Like he has two distinct suits the helmet is largely the same and he still has like shoulder pauldrons and a collar but with the, say the silver form it's more of almost like a breastplate or a cuirass and it's like molded with the broader shoulders and the the, the affixed his his um, collar is almost more like raised shoulder pauldrons, um, similar in style to maybe if you've seen like Record of Lotus War, like Parn and Ashram, like the way they have that kind of like the taller uh, shoulder guards there for the neck, um, and then in the the police form in the Pat Ranger form, he's got more of a full dress coat uh, that actually has kind of more of a tail below the belt. Um, so I do like that he has, and his his shoulder guards are a little more form-fitting. His collar is more cloth-like. So I like that there's, like, he's very clearly the same character because he has the giant X over his face. But he does have two distinct suits. He's not just changing color, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. Uh, I think it's it's just enough. I gotta say, I love, I, I'm a huge fan of trains. I'm generally a person that feels like most people like trains, like, on some level. There's just something about the clickety-clack and the wheels and the tracks. Like, there's something about that that's just very fascinating. Um, yeah i enjoy the train aesthetic i've enjoyed it in every prior sentai that i've seen it in or any other show i love it here and then he's got two trains tied together and then like you pointed out it's the metro and the locomotive like i I'm, i eat that up I, I think that's fantastic yeah i, I um just, i keep having to bring up go, having gone to japan but being able to get everywhere by train in in a way that actually makes sense uh <laughs> i it's like why couldn't the steam engine why couldn't train tracks 
ruled America instead sometimes. <laughs> like, that's my feeling a lot of the time when I'm driving yeah. to work. Like, I wish I could take the train everywhere. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so <laughs> letting them be useful and, and, and putting them into action this way is, mm-hmm. uh, it's always a treat. Yeah, and the fact that it's kind of a battle train, right? He's got, like, guns on oh, and yeah. stuff like that so he can fight. I think the, the visual gimmick of him having to, like, when he changes between the bullet train or the locomotive, having to, like, go down into the the sort of the inner workings of it and then slide to the other end of the train oh, and we get that great yeah. x-ray shot of him doing so and changing mm-hmm. and changing colors that's a really fun visual gimmick i like that a lot yeah i agree it makes me think of you know sort of more it's almost more of a 70s super robot throwback you're sort of uh, go lion or voltron or um various or like a mazinger you know having sort of like a uh, a vehicle that takes you somewhere to get in your vehicle kind of thing um, mm-hmm. like that, that I love that trope. So having that in a sort of miniature form is really neat, I think. Yeah. Cause we didn't, we don't really see it with the Lupin Rangers or the Pirate Rangers individually. They kind of like the thing forms and they all kind of pop up at once. This, you, you yeah. get to see the guts of the machine for even an instant. And that, that's such a nice touch mm. that like really sells the character. Also that it's one character piloting this whole, this big machine <laughs> right i mean that's always cool yeah like like you're saying with the others they i mean they do technically drive to their robots or fly to mm-hmm. their robots but because they're external right they just sort of attach onto the sides then pop up in like like you're saying it, it technically is happening for them too but it's it's not enough like he's literally having to travel within his own robot and that, that i think that's distinct enough mm-hmm. um how do you feel about uh was it emperor emperor x slash is that was was that is that his uh robot's name i think that's right emperor x X for sure i couldn't remember if they had the subtitle or not but how do you feel about his his giant transforming robot uh i think i'm a bigger fan of the blade mode Mm. it almost felt like there were too many guns (laughs) on the on the cop on the uh pat pat run mode like i think we were just like like you got them on your knees you got your head shoulders (laughs) knees and toes with the guns here (laughs) But, I mean, we've only seen it briefly. I, I think the funniest thing to me is that it does a cartwheel to change forms. Like, that's so... Yeah. <laughs> that's, so, that's so wonderfully silly. I enjoy it so much. Like, <laughs> now I'm going to be gun mode. Like, you just... <laughs> yeah. It's a very... I think the, the cartwheel is what sells that. And I love, yeah. the, I love the fact that... I mean, I guess with trains, I mean, they are... I mean, quite literally, they're linear vehicles, right? They drive on lines all day. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that the trains crisscross and interlock and make an X, oh yeah, I think mm-hmm. it's just different enough and interesting enough because typically with trains, that's not that's just not what you expect for them to intersect like that. So that sort mm-hmm. of intersection motif, you know, of course he's he's looping X, so it has to be an X. But I just I think that because it's with trains specifically, and I'm not used to seeing that with trains, I like that a lot. Yeah, I mean, you, he's on purpose. He's making his trains crash into each other to form this. <laughs> like it's so. <laughs> it's wonderful yeah uh, oh and bonus points for the like streaming sparks that are like flying off his arms in oh. slasher mode in oh game. yeah mm-hmm. to indicate movement and power mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just yep. always have the sparks going just <laughs> it makes them go faster obviously oh man mm-hmm. so i think i think at least from our perspective lupin x is a big hit and a great addition to the show how do we feel about some of the other stuff that went on in these episodes like with some of the other like, do we feel like the other characters got enough 
uh, impact and or like their, their side stories were used well and that sort of thing. Uh, I think for the introduction of having the um, maybe both Reds making first contact at the same time and that really mm. dramatic flourish of phone stealing, uh, I thought that was a, a cool way to have, have them all sort of meet for the first time. I will say that I feel like we didn't get enough uh, pink. Mm. Tsukasa just didn't, like, maybe we'll get some more soon, but it felt like she kind of... Everybody got sign-lined for X as... Which makes sense. Mm-hmm. But less pink is usually not a good thing for me. Because <laughs> she's great. Uh, and, like, the brief moments we got of her, like... Uh, what, did, what do you call those? Like, kind of, like, vertical leg grabs. Like, those are still some of my favorite stunts. Mm, yeah, definitely. I think, the yeah, that, that that's probably for that, that really great standout moment for her. Mm. Um, and I think uh, Umika got a great little moment in that mm. scene, too, when she and Tuma were fighting... There's a part where on that raised platform, she gets to kind of like post up and, and fire a close range shot at a polderman. I just remember that being a really good moment. Yeah, um, yeah. I gotta say hats off to the the, the, the kaijin and kaiju designs here. Uh, I feel like all three, we had the goldfish bowl guy for the last one. We had mm-hmm. the, the toothbrush monster in the <laughs> middle. And then uh-huh. trying to recall what the first one was. It was uh, Sun Wukong. Just straight up Sun, Sun Wukong. Yeah, it was Sun Wukong, but Sun Wukong that had monkeys like monkey mouths for eyes and monkey mouths for ears and was just like horrifying (laughs) yeah it was like uh it is a speak see all evil speak all evil (laughs) hear all evil yeah right i think that might i want to say i'm so sure that was part of the design philosophy there no doubt um but i think all three of the designs were really really fun really interesting Mm -hmm. uh quirky and goofy but still just like unnerving like they, yeah. all of them they were all three very clearly sentai villains and in fact to me the goldfish one particularly felt Ugh, just the yeah. way he 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 was a he just felt like a throwback monster he looked like something that had been put together you know in the 70s or the 80s and the way he trapped people in that fishbowl that just had like the layer of pink dry ice and smoke you know mm-hmm. that was just like another realm quote unquote um like that just felt very throwback and classic in a way so all three of them felt sort of like like you sent very sentai just kind of quirky rather than scary and yet um we're still fun and interesting monsters that had different power sets and things like that so yeah i was i was really pleased with all three of them i'm a fan of the toothbrush monster (laughs) (laughs) adding cavities to things to create mayhem like really like oh i guess we're doing the we're doing the psa's here make sure you brush your teeth but i feel like it was a mixed message because this is like (laughs) it's a monster toothbrush i don't know oh it was great so I'm adding cavities to this to destroy the dam. <laughs> like, yeah, and he was he was what throwing out his ca- ca- cavity rights or whatever his cavity mm-hmm. rights. That was uh that was good. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, but no, I was I was very positive on all three of these episodes. I mean, I think we've been. I don't see a lot of ch- I don't see as much chatter on you know Toku Twitter about uh, Lupin Ranger versus Pat Ranger as I do about say Kamen Rider Build, but. Um, mm. I know we've been fans of the show pretty much from the get go, and we continue to be. I I think. These are some of the strongest episodes we've had, personally. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm interested in seeing where the heck they're gonna go with with this uh, Noel guy because he's I don't know I don't know what he wants. I can't tell. Mm. It seems like he cares about him. It seems like he actually wants things to succeed or or work out for humanity, as it were. But just, there's something else there that we're gonna see more of soon. I'm sure. Yeah, and I feel like uh, with the 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 situation where he was trying to get 
Sakuya and Umika together, the sort of unintended consequences, maybe they're going to pull that theme back in because he was clearly involved in the production of some elements of the versus changers. So maybe we're going to see that too. That'd be interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, do we want to move on to the community section then? Yes. Uh, so first things first is a shout out to our, our patrons on Patreon, one two zero and Joe. You guys are helping make this. You guys are helping us make the show. Like yes, we really appreciate the support. It's so unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much for helping. Obviously, we've been doing this just because. Um, but it helps us pay for shirts to give to people. It helps us just. You know, it helps us do more things for the show. So thank you guys so much for directly, like quite literally directly supporting the show. Um, and I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a big deal for us. So thank you. Besides uh, thanking our patrons, Montuo and uh, Jill, uh, thank you for that. We're also going to go into Twitter questions now. First up, uh, from Seaweed Ambassador, they asked us, uh, you have to create a Sentai team made up of Kaiju. Who do you pick and why? Ooh, oh boy, oh boy. Um... I just going. These were all just kind of. There's so many to choose from. I just went with my gut on this. Okay. Um, I needed a mix of uh, just weird, heroic, and just terrifying, or not terrifying, <laughs> but very, very powerful. So I went with uh, just a three, three kaiju team here, and I have uh, Gamera, Baltan, and Jet Jaguar. Okay. <laughs> um, Jet Jaguar kind of freaks me out. Like just as a, like a as a sort of offbeat Ultraman type, like mm-hmm. I I don't know enough about these unfortunately, <laughs> um, but uh, having seen some of Gamera, that's that's a heroic turtle. That is our yes, our blessed yes. heroic turtle, and then Baltan to be one of the few to actually defeat Ultraman soundly. Like that was a, from what I remember, that was a pretty like I don't know which series that was, but for my understanding is that um, a Baltan if not the Baltan had, had really done Ultraman in at some point. Yeah, sure, definitely. Um, I'm going to try to keep mine non-heroic, if you will, and try to stick with just, just the, well, maybe not non-heroic, but more bestial, more of the monstery hmm. types. Hmm, um, hmm. So uh, I guess for our hot-blooded team lead, our red, if you will, um, that's going to be, that's, that's probably the, the toughest pick i guess um who would be our team lead that's the question um <laughs> hmm. i'm gonna have a harder time with red than any other color because red has to be sort of headstrong and and out to to make a name for themselves so to speak they've usually they've got something to prove why don't we go with i'm gonna go weird i'm gonna go with manila right one of godzilla's <laughs> Uh, smaller versions that way he has some legacy to live up to um i think gamera is your uh i'm, I'm just i'm just sort of spitballing here gamera is going to be black ranger uh he's going to be sort of like um in zoo ranger the black ranger was kind of more wise and knowledgeable so gamera has been through a lot he's been through quite a few scraps um i think we'll do blue is usually like our skilled secondary right Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Gamora on that one from the Ultraman series. I like uh, Gamora is like one of the first monsters to ever defeat Ultraman full stop. Uh, he had to, it was like the first two-parter, I think. Uh, so he's quite skilled and quite deadly. We need a Yellow Ranger. I'm going to go with Mothra for the Yellow Ranger. Yellow tends Ooh. to be very courageous and powerful. Mothra uh, 
is part. She has her own franchise of films, which is sort of unique, and she has uh, she's quite potent. So I'm gonna go with with Mothra, and she has a lot number. Of, she's got like the Mothra twins and stuff like that. She's got her own kind of uh, the, the dual nature there. So we've got red, black, yellow. Let's go, and we did blue. So let's go with for a fifth ranger. Let's do I. Hmm. I guess there there usually is a pink ranger. For pink, I'm gonna go with Violante. Violante uh, being one of uh, Godzilla's villains uh, in Godzilla versus Violante, uh, just because Violante does have the spirit of the the Doctor's daughter in it, I guess. And Violante is just like a really cool monster design that I'm a really big fan of. Um, and for our sixth ranger, it will be the king himself, Godzilla, who shows up <laughs> a few episodes in and is just cooler and more powerful than everyone else just because, because the king is always more powerful. Uh, I'll probably, if I had to get particular, I'd probably make him the, the GMK version just because I like him being about 60 meters so that he's about the same size as Gamera because that's really important to me and it, I don't care if it's important to anyone else, but that's really important to me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the Heisei era, the, or the Millennium era, rather, of Heisei, which is just sort of like kind of an iconic look for him. So that's my team. Very specific Yeah, with my reasons. I, I had to look these up, but I feel like you didn't. Like, this is just out of, yeah, that out was of your archives here. Oh, I guess I could do another 7th Ranger. It doesn't really matter what color. We'll call him Silver. Uh, Dinosaur Tank from Ultra 7, who is just one of the most ridiculous kaiju ever designed. Um, dinosaur tank is just a dinosaur with tank treads. Uh, he has no explanation. He, she, they has no explanation, no justification. Pretty much just rolls onto the scene and starts shooting fireballs at everybody. Dinosaur you are tank kidding. Is oh my goodness. <laughs> a hero in, in these dark times. Quite mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll say dinosaur tank is the titanium ranger of this team created sure. on the American adaptation that just has no no lead in just shows up and is a dinosaur tank so (laughs) wonderful that's fantastic um okay uh so from our buddy uh princess firebird uh who was on uh for those of you uh who've been listening for a while she was on one of our earlier episodes um one of our very first guests uh she asks uh what's one piece of merch that's one piece lower uh, lowercase o lowercase p (laughs) a single Uh piece of merch not actually one piece of the property uh, so what's one piece of merch Pat saw at AX that he really wanted but couldn't walk away with? Uh, and she clarified, uh, oh, we all have the dream piece that we would love to enshrine but couldn't afford. So, Pat, what was it, buddy? Uh, oh, what boy. One I, I, I can't just... I I had to think about it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do three because I'm scum and I had to, <laughs> had to make some tough choices here. The first one was the build SH Figure Arts because it's not out yet, and I was just looking at it for a very long time in its display case, not planning to commit any crimes, just looking at it. But it's not, yeah, it's, it's not even out until like the 18th, and I don't think you, I think maybe you could have pre-ordered it, but I did not do that. Mm. Um, next one is, is actually a two-parter because I, I made it into, I want to say the Bluefin booth, and this is, I could have done this. Thinking about it, I could have, and I should have done this because... I saw them later, and I felt really, really dumb. But they had, uh, they had uh, Jetman. They had Jetman figures that were not. It was it was thirty for Black Condor, mm-hmm. and and oh man, I'm forgetting Red's name right now. I'm, I'm sorry, Daisy. 
Um, but <laughs> she's disowned us now. So is it Red Hawk? I feel bad. Hang on. Probably it's red. It's not Red Hawk. Jetman Red. Red Eagle maybe. Red Hawk. Oh, good. I got it right. Great. Um, so it was a uh, it was Black Condor for thirty and Red Hawk for forty, and I walked out of there and saw Black Condor for eighty somewhere else. Oh, geez. So uh, there's a there's an exact number to how much how much regret I'm feeling about that one. <laughs> <laughs> you can put a price tag on the regret yeah <laughs> but an easy easy peasy one to think that i would never actually make this purchase like i would have to be like insanely rich and probably afford like a, a bunch of other stupid things at the same time um, but they had this beautiful jojo figure like it was basically a statue it's a small statue mm-hmm. and i was looking at it and i was like okay how much is this thing really and it was like five hundred dollars i was like i'm never ever in my life gonna spend that much money on a figure i think like (laughs) (laughs) i don't remember the exact brand but it was like this is beautiful uh jotaro and uh star platinum just just looking amazing Mm. i I didn't see as much uh rider stuff i feel like outside of that uh but i mean it, it is a little bit more anime focused so yeah that's uh that's where i ended up right Okay, well, <laughs> one day when we're independently wealthy from our, our millions, our podcast millions, mm, pick it mm-hmm. up. Uh, so from our good buddy, uh, Behalite Bebop, uh, he asked, best toku-related cosplay at AX? That's right, it's another AX one. Um, <laughs> All on you, buddy. Uh, I saw an Akaninja I got a picture with. I can post it up when the episode goes out. Um, and a homemade Common Rider build that like looked just great like wow. you can tell this dude put a lot of work into it mm. um and i can't since i can't promote myself in this i wouldn't do it i, I said this earlier but i was going around as a prehension common rider drive um and my wife was dressed up as kiriko so you know that'll be i'll sneak that one in there but uh i think the build was really really good and the akaninja uh from ninja was really really good too but yeah we have pictures of that up so i'll attach that when the episode goes out Awesome. Yeah, that'd be great for people to be able to see that. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Uh, so I think that's all for Twitter questions as well. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This was a super long episode. Even uh, yeah, feels like uh, longer than usual, but maybe not. Maybe it's just, just seems that way. But I feel like we got to see some really exciting episodes and talk about some big stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then hopefully we'll actually get to do uh, the special that we've been planning <laughs> soon. Yes. Like scheduled for soon. It's just scheduling's tough. You know? Yeah, we have one special guest lined up that we're very excited to have on. Yes. And uh, we possibly have more, but um, it's a little bit shakier. We don't know yet, so I don't, I don't even want to say that we do. We definitely do have more, but mm. we have some things in the works. Hopefully, uh, uh, you guys can enjoy even more than our usual just episode reviews, but have some really exciting and varied guests on here. Even though all of our guests have been exciting and it's been great to have Buds on here, we've got more planned for you. Oh, yeah. Grand schemes. Mm-hmm. Phew. Well, all right, man. That's a good one. Yeah, it was. Ready to, to take us home? Yes, sir. Thanks for tuning in to the Super Senpai Podcast. We'll notice you again next time. Super, Super Senpai, Senpai Podcast. Podcast.